Welcome to a new episode of Nico's Market Notes. This is Nicolo Carpaneda, founder and chief economist of Monetaria. Every week we observe and discuss the latest macroeconomic developments and their impact on financial markets. I also discuss the way I manage a macro-driven dynamic investment portfolio subject to changing market conditions. Very important, this is not financial advice. Do your own research before investing. It is really, really great to have you here. We are super excited, especially because, as you might have seen on social media, we have learned from Spotify that we are, despite starting only in September, part of the top 20% globally of business podcasts with the most engagement. And this is only thanks to you, part of the audience. So thank you very much. This podcast is recorded on Tuesday, the 13th of December, immediately after the release of the November CPI inflation year-on-year at 7.1%, which we are going to comment about in a few minutes. Let me start by saying that after monitoring future curves all year long to capture the evolving pace of the interest rate hikes, which have been characteristic of the entire year in 2022 in both the US and Europe, the time has finally come for central banks to slow down the pace of hikes after, I think I read, 276 cumulative hikes globally to date. Focusing on the US first, if the hawkish rhetoric of the past few months has moderated in several regions already, especially around emerging markets, this week investors expect the Fed to increase interest rates in the US at the slower speed of 50 basis points, reaching the range between 425 and 4.5%, thanks to the ongoing inflation slowdown which we have observed today. In fact, the latest CPI inflation, as I anticipated, is 7.1% year-on-year, with a monthly increase since October of only 0.1%, which has been the slowest pace in the year. Year Year-on-year inflation is down from the previous data point of 7.7%. Playing devil's advocate, prices continue to increase anyway, and we are still here observing an increase, which versus one year ago, where we were already discussing about higher energy prices, it is already the price of goods and services growing by over 7%. I would imagine today to see stock and bond markets to rally on the back of this relative good news, but more interestingly, there are a few things which for the medium term look out of sync and especially what the Fed has declared in the past few days, that they want to keep rates at a restrictive level for 2023 or high rates for longer, is clashing versus market expectations in different asset classes. To be more precise, fixed income investors seem to be betting on a short Fed pause at peak rates, which will be reached at some point between April and May at around 5%, to then the Fed cut interest rates soon before 2024 for a total of 1 to 2%. 
Historically, a deeper recession has required a total of at least 3% interest rate cuts. And so it looks like fixed income investors for the US, but in Europe, the shape of the futures curves are similar to the US. Investors are pricing in a shallow recession in the second half of 2023 for the US and starting in 2023 for Europe. For the stock markets, looking at the S&P 500 for practicality, using it as an example, the current forward P ratio is 19.2 times, discounting a minor contraction in future earnings, which is away from where it should be during a recession. Usually forward P ratios in recessions are or have been between 10.5 times and 14 times, with some exceptions at 16 times, so all below where the S&P is right now. And so in very simplistic terms, stock markets are currently pricing a soft lending with growth at 0%. They are not pricing a possible recession. A key issue here is that in case we will have a deeper recession next year, which is likely, we will see losses in stock markets. The other second problematic scenario is if inflation will continue to remain high and interest rates will reach the peak that we have mentioned earlier, but will stay high for a long time, ignoring a policy error, which means that inflation might even go higher at some point, which has happened in the past, and the Fed and eventually the ECB will have to hike again at some point in 2023, which is not really likely, but a possible scenario, fixed income yields will stop rallying and may start selling off again. This is not a mainstream scenario, but is an alternative. And so uh, assets, uh, the way they look today, do not necessarily uh, help us with potential problematic scenarios for 2023. So what are the odds of a recession genuinely? Yield curves are deeply inverted or they remain deeply inverted, the most since 1981, which has always been a very clear sign of recession coming within 12 to 18 months. It is true that they have been inverted for some time and so the recession should be coming sooner. Also, I think it is not discussed enough in the industry right now that there is a minus 40% decrease in oil prices since the last six months. This is despite China reopening. This is a news of the last few days in genuine terms. A Russia oil embargo or the discussion on the price cap in Europe. Uh, empty US strategic petroleum reserves. OPEC or OPEC Plus, which continues to discuss about constraining oil supply further. And this decrease in the oil price would not happen with expectations of ongoing solid growth in the global economy. And so I think recession fears are clearly priced, at least in energy commodities. Finally, in this quick overview, if we look at the Fed measures, uh, the recession probability in the last 12 months, and this is a piece of data which has been coming out right now, uh, is 38%. And whenever it was rising above 28%, a recession has always occurred. To continue with this overview, there are many investors I've been talking with that keep on telling me that there are some solid and resilient numbers coming from US growth. 
which is absolutely true. Uh, consumption has been solid. If supported by savings, which are being depleted, employment remains very strong. And so the idea would be that to see a recession at some point in 2023, we need to see a decisive, clear slowdown in some of these metrics. There's a bit of cooling in some other metrics. For example, US wages or the growth of US wages, which has been very solid up to almost 8% year on year it is coming down and it has started to go down but it continues to be solid growth the ongoing tracking of the retail spending for christmas items in the past couple of months has been falling significantly uh, versus previous years and so this should include some initial pain that is being felt at least by part of the society the u.s housing market is doing minus 37 percent year on year it was minus 30 percent before the 2008 crash and while it might be true that people have bought their houses and there's no need to buy new houses at expensive prices or with a higher mortgage these statistics at least tell the story of the entire sector real estate uh, agencies etc which without transactions is suffering quite a bit Looking at Europe, inflation dynamics remain very challenging despite a peak apparently reached with the November inflation data. The early piece of data that emerged at the beginning of December uh, confirms a, a slowing but still very high inflation at 10 percent year on year doubts remain between a 50 or a 75 basis points hike this week even if the most recent comments and analysis indicate that a slower 50 basis points hike will be more probable especially if this is what will be seen with the fed the current euribor futures curve which i post on the latest article in the blog www.monetariath.io slash blog is pricing a picking rates in September 23 with the first cut happening in Europe in March 2024. The ECB will also likely announce the pace of quantitative tightening or the way they will let expire the bonds in their balance sheet with limited and then zero repurchases on the market at some point from 2024. Differently than in the US, though hard data in Europe is clearly deteriorating with a growth in retail sales, which is a proxy for consumption, which is running at minus one 0.8% year on year and the latest industrial production tracking runs at minus 2.1%. So as I said many times, it is likely that we are in a recession already in Europe. Now we need to discuss the real juice. In fact, we know, talking about market developments, that markets have bounced since the end of September 2022 after a terrible year, which has been great news. Sentiment has finally improved, but there are a few things that keep on worrying me. 
We have been happy with the Monetaria One portfolio to play the bear market tactically so far with neutral stock levels and overweight in some specific fixed income assets, especially bonds and treasuries with medium to long term maturities. But now we need to carefully consider a couple of things because the cycle, as we said, in terms of peak interest rates is likely to turn at some point between the first and the second quarter of 2023. So the sum of fading growth, which is being documented, persistent inflation, because yes, it is slowing, but it continues to grow and remain high, and rates that might stay high for longer after a Fed and ECB pause at some point next year, we have a number of problematic scenarios from recession to new hikes if inflation goes up again. The point is this one, a 30-year consensus row says buy the last hike and sell US dollars, meaning that stocks should rally as the Fed rates will peak in April or May 2023, which would be great, but the same rule does not work when a peak in interest rates overlaps with the recession. And to check this, we need to go back to the 70s and the 80s. What worked with the peaking rates and a recession at the same time was to sell the last hike. And by buying or selling, I mean risk assets or stocks and sell the last hike would go with buy the US dollar. I have to say that for what is worth my current and personal S&P 500 target for June 2023 is somewhere around 3,200 points, while now the index is at 4,000 points. I would expect, it is far away, but I would expect the S&P and eventually the European stock markets to close 2023 at the same levels where they are now, but the experience inside the beginning of 2023 might be problematic. If I am wrong and the economy in the US and elsewhere continues to do well, well, we will have central banks unhappy about it and more turbulence in fixed income markets. Zooming in on government bonds, we have seen that bond and treasury markets had a quite weak, if not a great one anyway. In Germany, bonds have suffered because of doubts around the potential either mild ECB hike of 50 basis points or a harsher one at 75. And in fact, we have been underweight short-end bonds and slightly overweight the long end as a recession hedge, while long-dated treasuries in the US have performed better, which has been also an overweight and minimal one in our portfolio. But somehow, watch out, there is a lot of enthusiasm around fixed income govies and duration, and this is fine, we enjoyed the rally lasting a few weeks. This could well continue with dovish central banks this week, but the caveat is that higher for longer interest rates in 2023 without a speedy recession might constrain the ability of bonds and treasuries 
or Bunden Treasury yields to rally much further down. Anyway, as we have been talking about the recession, there's not much else that we can do if not keeping an overweight on the longer dated govies and bringing eventually to neutrality the shorter dated ones. As the dollar has been weak for two or three weeks in a row, I would also bring to neutrality emerging market fixed income, which has a benchmark allocation of 5% that we not always discuss about in our podcast and blogs. For what is related to corporate bonds and credit spreads, as usual, I would suggest you to go to the post of this week on my blog and look into details. I would underline here that with a recession and a slowdown coming, credit being not particularly cheap, despite many analysts suggesting that this is exactly the time for investment grade corporate bonds, the recent rally of the past few weeks, which we played with a neutral position, has been probably overdone. And so I prefer to to uh, spend my risk budget elsewhere. We stay neutral on investment grade and remain underweight high yield. Looking at equities specifically for this week, so stock markets in the past week have partially suffered. US markets, the S&P 500 has done minus 3% in the past five days, Monday to Friday, while Europe, the stocks 600 index has done minus 0.7. So the impression is that the bear market rally around 4,000 points in the US and 430 points in Europe is somehow stagnating. It is true that we are very close to Christmas and it is typical to see a Christmas rally. I would not expect that this exactly now, but lacking negative news from a very strong uh, US inflation print or bad news because of specific ad hoc events, I would imagine that some troubles will show up later in the year or at the beginning, at the very beginning in January of 2023. And so we stay with a neutral position as we had in the past week on Europe, the US, and we bring to neutrality emerging markets as well because China is genuinely reopening business. I've seen some tracking data of people really going back on the road carefully but carefully spending and using the underground in main cities and this might have a boost with sentiment in emerging market stocks in general. On currencies, the US dollar continues to see positioning dismantled as we get closer to a peak in US rates. We stay away from the US dollar, which is something that I explained in the past couple of weeks, but I'm ready to add back at the beginning of next year if we need to sell the last rate hike as we discussed. We close the podcast as usual with very juicy updates on cryptocurrencies and the first important update to report as reported by Barclays is that the company behind the stablecoins USDCs which have been our favorite throughout 2022 has announced a plan to create a government bonds only money market fund with BlackRock and they are applying for a special access with the Fed which has not been granted yet but here the big deal is that stablecoin safety and transparency 
are not only increasing but also going mainstream and so cryptos despite the bear market which has been particularly difficult especially in light of the crash of FTX by the way the founder of FTX the news is that he has been arrested by US authorities in the Bahamas in any case cryptos are not going out of fashion so despite having a very difficult 2022 in line with other assets in public markets by the way in the last few weeks cryptos have shown signs of being really resilient uh, and it seems that the worst is over in the past seven days, including Saturdays and Sundays, because cryptos never sleep, key coins and tokens have remained broadly around 0% performance or with tiny losses, less than 1% for the Bitcoin. For example, volatility has been incredibly low relative to what is typical for this market. For example, for the Bitcoin has been 22% for the past week, which is the lowest since October. 2022 and so it seems that things have really calmed down while many analysts keep calling for a, a lower resistance level at 1200 uh, sorry twelve thousand dollars for the bitcoins uh, it would take some serious catalysts bad catalysts to push the price lower especially because go to the blog and check super insightful charts which i posted there are many longer term holders that now are back after one full year to be the biggest community of holders of the bitcoins and so hopefully volatility has disappeared and will disappear for a while by the way more technical comment bitcoin futures show a lower price versus what the bitcoin is worth today this is like in commodities is called backwardation it means that exactly future prices are lower versus present prices but short speculation seems to be all priced in so further bad price moment movements should be unlikely so ideally it seems that capitulation has been seen in crypto probably is the only only as a class where we have seen full capitulation fearful conditions continue there's a sentiment indicator which continues to indicate extreme fears but this is means limited transactions limited tourist money and so while we have discussed about potential issues in public markets it seems that with the bottom maybe being touched it is the time to slowly go and buy for long-term investing in the crypto market as well and we express this in the monetaria one portfolio by maintaining a marginal overweight in the ethereum and moving the bitcoin from neutral to marginally overweight as well okay and this is the end for this weekly podcast thank you for staying with me thank you for listening to this episode we are very close to christmas i will try to cover markets in this low liquidity and relatively unexciting period so i will wish you merry christmas later in december uh, a big hug for now from spain and speak with you very soon <music>